welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, CMO at HubSpot, joined as always by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, who's the CMO over at Zapier. And today we are talking about something critically important. We believe that AI is going to disrupt all of marketing and that all marketing jobs in the future are going to be AI-led jobs. And that has the ability to either tank your career or supercharge your career. We're going to tell you how to lean into AI to make more money and accelerate your career than you ever thought possible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to do that. And we're coming to you from experience. Kieran and I did this in the last big wave of Web 2, and it transformed our lives. We're going to give you that playbook. We're also going to have some debates. We're going to talk about our entry-level jobs just like kind of going away. Like there are some crazy, crazy things happening in the world today. And we're going to go through the marketing organization and talk about how each different role within marketing is going to get impacted by AI. It is going to be an awesome show. There is no secret formula for scaling customer support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new HubSpot Service Hub, bringing service and support together in one platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with AI-powered help desk, all so you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Kieran. Are you ready to talk about careers? This is the one people have been asking us for. Tons of YouTube comments requesting this episode. So. How do I survive in the AI world? One <laughs> thing we should really just touch on is what do we mean by marketing-driven AI co-pilot? And so one of the things that may actually irritate people is the counter opposite of that is, I think we believe that marketing will be human-led AI-assisted. Actually, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And sales, sales is where I've made some investments in AI companies. That one does look like it's going to be like AI-led, human-assisted. How do you think about that? And maybe explain to the audience what we mean. All right. So yeah, so the setup for careers and thinking about your career is thinking about what part of your role and job is going to be impacted by AI. This is what I believe, Kieran. I believe that most, if not all, one-to-many jobs, which that's kind of how I classify marketing, are going to become AI-led. And AI-led being that AI is going to do a big part of the work. Because of that, there's a one-to-many job in sales called prospecting that I think is going to be AI-led. And there's a one-to-many job in customer service called support that I think is going to be AI-led. But I think if you're a customer success rep or if you're a sales rep, that is going to be human-led with what we'd call an AI co-pilot. So where AI is supporting that person in their task to make them much smarter, much better, much more informed, have all the contacts necessary to basically do these one-to-one -one interactions with lots of edge cases and details and nuance and timing that only a human can do. Right. That is what I believe. Do you agree or disagree with me there? I agree. I think one of the things you are now forced to do, like we are all forced to be able to break down our roles and figure out the parts of our roles that actually can be automated away, right? Because we are better off trying yes. to automate those things to get time back. And there is a real art, I think, to being able to understand what are the inputs to the things that I do? Like, what are the core things I do? And how can I start to build like automated workflows to be able to automate away that work? So Kieran, that automation also brings me to a point we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, which is like, why I feel more sorry for the folks that are about to graduate college than any graduating college class ever before. All right. So, so, so keep in mind, if you are early in your career or if you are just getting ready to get out of school, stay tuned because we are going to talk about how all that automation Kieran's just talking about is going to impact you in the job market in the first few years out of college. 
And I'm going to make the bull case. So stay tuned in if you want some positivity for entry-level jobs. Yeah, we're going to have a, a nice little debate. So like one of the interesting things since joining Zapier is really learning how people think about automation or just how like yes. automation gets broke down. And so it's pretty clear to me when you understand how to do automation, automation is very easy. Like if you go to Zapier, <laughs> there's all of these <laughs> workflows and you can kind of just pick through the workflows and you can do the thing you want to do. It's like one of the ways I learn about a customer experience is to do secret shopper exercises. So try to go through things yeah. as a new customer. And so I would go through the process as a new customer. I would go like, with nothing really in mind of what to automate. And when you start from that point of like, oh, where do I even start, right? Like, what do I even want to automate? What would be beneficial to me? And I feel like, that's the way I think about the kind of mental gymnastics marketers are going to have to go through, which is, okay, like I'm a designer, mm -hmm. I'm a search consultant, I'm a content marketer, I'm a email marketer. What parts of my role can I start to automate away with AI? What parts yes, of my role I this. can I start to actually offload to an AI so I can get time back to work on the things that are most valuable. So when I approach things, because I, I'm a bad software engineer, but still came from a software engineer background, I always break things down into inputs. And then I look for the things that are like the 10X input. Like what one of these that. inputs is like the thing that if I'm 10X at, doesn't really matter about all the other ones. Like it'd be table stakes, but that's the one that matters. That's where we're going with this, right? It's like, yes. okay, well, I'll break my rule down. I can automate away all these things. And so I'm just like table stakes because eventually everyone automates away those things, but I'm going to get 10X at these couple of things. And the faster you get 10X at those, the more leverage you have against all of the laggards. I think there's never been a worse time to be a laggard. Oh, well, laggards are and if you are somebody who, <laughs> no, you know who's really screwed is know-it-alls. If you think you know it all, you're done. If you are a learn-it-all, you're in great shape. There's never been a better time to be a learn-it-all, right? And let me make the case and let me try to break this down with a little bit of history and context. So if you're younger, you probably don't remember a time before Instagram and Snapchat and YouTube and Facebook. I do. I'm old. Kieran, you're old. But what that allowed us to do is we were coming up in the marketing game in a period of time, what was called Web 2.0. So the social web, Google as the primary aggregator, all of those things were happening. And what was interesting about that is those tools actually automated a lot of how you got your content out to the world, how you could publish, how you could democratize. What you're saying now is that AI is doing a different type of automation that's a little less obvious. And it's automating where you as a person and as a team can spend your time. Right. And so we're going to get into that. But this is what I will tell you about going through that last generation, the Web 2, is Kieran, you and I made a hell of a lot of money in our lives, honestly, just going deep. Like all we did was grind out learning. And the reason for that is if you take very few things away from the show, one of the things I would argue that you should take away is when there's a new technology wave like AI, very few people are actually experts, right? Everybody starts at the same starting points of expertise. And the more you can learn, the faster you can basically become an expert. And that's exactly what you and I did in the last one, right? We did our SEO, we did our blogging, we learned all of this. And we were like super early in our career, but because we dedicated and learned, we were ahead of people who had been in marketing for years and years and years. There's a great way to think about this. I'll steal Wade's quote because it's perfect for what you're saying, which is, and this is what you're talking about in Web2. In AI today, there has never been a smaller gap between an AI beginner and an AI expert, because that is what yes. happens when a new yes. thing starts, right? And again, this is Wade's quote, not my quote. And over <laughs> time, those two things separate. Yes. Now, what I would say is 
what I would say in every previous evolution, you had some time to catch up, right? There's some amount of time you had to catch up. Like you look across most of the companies who won within their markets. We talked to Neil Patel, that episode should be up right now. You made a really great point. Like Google was the ninth search engine, wasn't the very first engine. Correct. I will say in the race to be a marketeer or a professional who integrates AI into their workflow, there is going to be so much less time to catch up. There's never been like a more important point in time to be in the expert bucket and to like get ahead of all of the people that are still in the beginner bucket. Exactly. There's never been a better time to invest your own time in AI. Here's the reason, Kieran, I believe most people don't accelerate their career is because they make short-term optimizations versus long-term optimizations. The first step that I would give you right now is to not worry about how much income you are going to directly make off of your AI skills for the next like 24 to 36 months, because you need to put the time investment up front. You know, in the early days of the social web, I was blogging every day and I was making zero dollars and blogging at like 6 a.m. And it was freaking miserable. But I believe that I was like, this is going to lead to something bigger. And it did. And like, that's the kind of change. The reason that you should be listening to us right now is like, I was running marketing at a public company in my 30s with you, Kieran, and we were both young. And we were doing that because we'd gone all in on the social web and web 2.0. And we believe that the same opportunity exists today. We want to give you our blueprint for how to do that. And Kieran, the first step of the blueprint I would give folks is you need to build a learning loop. Okay. And that means you need to figure out your information flow of AI. You need to figure out what experts you're going to follow, what newsletters you're going to subscribe to, what YouTube channels you're going to subscribe to. Hit this one, hit that subscribe button. The learning loop is my first step. Do you agree that you got to get the flow of information so that you're constantly learning and iterating on your perspective on AI? Yes, I think you have to have the right. That was a weak yes. That was a weak yes. It is a weak yes, right? Because what happens, Kip, in my experience... And actually, you talked to something that you did that well, uh, was step not- two. But I think you're going to say step two is take action. I actually think people don't take action because they over-optimize for learning loops. So I think they actually only consume things, <laughs> information that you are going to actually use, right? And so what I mean by that is, so there was two things I did when I was like trying to transition into a marketing career. Because my career was like a little bit weirder, I think, than yours, where I was in the software engineer career. And then I couldn't even get a marketing graduate role because I didn't have a marketing background. No one would even give me an interview. And so what I did was two kind of things was just try to outwork people. Like I just worked every weekend to try to outwork people. And then the second thing I did was I would only read something if I was going to apply that thing to do something. So I, you know, in six months after I got into marketing, I set up a search consultancy on the side and did all this stuff. And so I would only consume information that I could instantly use, but that could be my brain. Mine and your brain works different. I can't really internalize something that well unless I do it. Right. I just the, the information like goes out of my brain. And so I have to immediately put well, that thing into action. So this goes with my step two. Oh, look, I think there's really three steps to doing this to me. And I'm going to give you my three steps here and you can decide if you agree with me. The first thing is get your flow of information right. And the hack on the flow of information is to not have too much and to find people that have great expertise with small followings. Often what happens is there's this layer of influencers that are very popular And they're actually learning from these other experts that don't have the same level of popularity. And if you go straight to like the insiders, I would call them, you can get a much better flow of information without being overwhelmed. So that's job two. Step two, people are not gonna be happy about, Karen. Step two in the blueprint is you gotta create. 
It's not enough to consume. And I'm not telling you to go build with AI. I'm telling you, you have to create. And what I mean is you have to publish in public your thoughts, whether that be written, whether it be audio, whether it be a YouTube video, what have you. You need to take that flow of information and distill that into your own perspective, details, opportunity. If you don't do that, it all falls apart. Because that step, I believe, has the most benefit because you get two really big things. You get to force yourself to learn and teach your mind of how you're going to explain and organize your thoughts around AI every day. And the second thing is you're doing it in public. So you're starting to build a community, an audience, a personal brand that's going to lead you to the opportunities in business that you want. The people who are going to fall behind are the people, just as you said, Karen, consume too much content and don't do anything with it. And the number one thing you can do with it is create every day. And then once you create, you will find some things that really take off, right? Let's imagine you're writing a newsletter every day on AI and you find that you have a couple of topics that people just become obsessed with and do really well. Then you can go and build right? Like you can do a little side product or you can go work for a great startup in that space and put that all together. So you got to learn, you have to create and you have to build. Do you agree with me or not? I would say mine are different, but I think that's fine because we approach things in different ways. So I would have one kind of one. And it's actually the way I've always thought about things, which is like, I got into search when search was the hot thing. I got into like inbound SaaS when SaaS was becoming the hot thing. I Transitioned to inbound marketing because I knew HubSpot was becoming the hot thing. In there, I really pushed you to put me on the product-led growth thing because I knew that was going to be the hot thing. You see a pattern? <laughs> like You're a trend chaser. <laughs> no, it's not trend. It's knowing the thing that is like, what is the most important thing I can learn right now? Because it's the thing that people care about. So like when I applied it to AI, it's like, well, should I be the best at prompts? Is that like the thing that's going to really matter? Should I be the best person that is able to like integrate this into my role and 10x the content I produce? Is that the thing that matters? Should I be the person that can actually automate away like all of the sales back and forth? Because that's the thing that's going to matter for my job. So like, I agree with everything you said. I think the only other thing I would layer on is like, what is going to matter? And I think that's maybe one of the topics we should like debate now for marketers. Well, is so like, let's talk a little bit about this because I think this is really important. You hit on something that I forgot in my kind of explanation. It's the intersection of like, what's going to matter and what's your niche of what's going to matter. Exactly. Right. What I mean by that is like when I was coming up in the Web 2.0 world, social media was hot, right? Everybody was all in on social media. So I started a blog around social media, but I did that blog all about B2B companies using social media. And I did that because no one was talking about it, but I knew it was going to be really important. And so the old Peter Thielism of you have to believe something very strongly today that most people disagree with you on that you think is going to be true in the future. And that's normally the niche you pick and that's how you pick your niche. And so if you fast forward to AI right now, Kieran, like a good example is like everybody's talking about large language models today. You could say decision models are actually the future. Like I think decision models where AI can really replicate a lot more of the complex human decisioning are going to matter. And so I'm going to go hard into that. Well, everybody's in large language model. I'm going to go research, create, learn on decision models. Like that's one very illustrative example of what you could do. There's hundreds and thousands of those different things. But your point is you have to believe something and you have to create a niche around that and don't spread your time too thin trying to learn everything. Like, yeah, you can't be great at everything. So you have to know what is the important thing for your career? Are people going to care about that? Because people have to actually care about that. And then how do I become the best version of that? 
And I think part of it is there's a couple of parts of it. You need an understanding of AI because you really need to understand like prompting, building the automation, like what are the components that are really important. But I think it's better to have deep conviction about like one or two things versus that's where I came back to like the information inflow, like you're getting pulled in multiple directions. And so as a marketeer, I'm like, what is the thing that I should truly care about? And I think for different marketing roles, it's likely a little bit different. But if you can be the person that, you know, deeply cares about the thing that truly matters and you can stand out from that. The one thing about your career is it feels like none of this is working until it does. And man, when it does, it takes off, right? And then it starts to compound, right? So you're like, geez, I've been at this for like years. Like I've been posting, you know, a post that do all content. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that since I got into marketing. And it's like, no one really gives a shit. <laughs> and maybe, <laughs> and the majority still don't give a shit. But then at some point you're like, oh, like this person, you know, listened to the podcast. This person read the thing I wrote. This person knows me from this other person who says I can do good work. And so like those years of putting in the grind and knowing what you want to be really, truly great at, I think really matters. And I think for marketers, probably what they struggle with is like, what is that thing in AI? Because it's well, just so new. There's a couple of things here, right? So to like to try to provide a real example of what you were just saying, like when I was blogging, I was like, I'm making no money. I'm doing this for like an hour and a half every morning when I could be sleeping, right? But then I blogged enough that like I got invited to speak at a couple of events. And then speaking at a few of those events got me to meet some people. And then like one day I got a DM on Twitter about working at HubSpot, right? And like, you don't get that one message if without all of those days, years, and, and hours of work, right? That's the point you're trying to make here, Kieran, and I, and I completely agree with you. I do think, though, there is a hack to accelerate it, Kieran, and I think you're going to agree with me on this. It's a little bit like the Hamilton song, right? The room where it happened. The closer you can get to the action, the faster your career is going to go. And so, for example, if you pick your niche of AI that you really are all in on, even if you're not starting a newsletter, it's like, can you call up those experts and talk to them and like really learn? Or if one of them's doing a project, can you volunteer on it for free? Like getting close to the action really does accelerate your career in a way that I don't think most people realize. I think most people like sit back, they play defense and they're like, oh, I need to learn this. I don't know enough yet. Nobody was going to want me to help them. And that's completely false. Be like, I am learning. I am capable. I am smart. Lean in and say, hey, I might not know everything, but I can help you and I'll do it for free and we're going to learn together. And most people will say yes to that offer or they'll at least have a conversation with you and be like, oh, let's talk about what that would look like. And then you just, you have to sell yourself. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love the show, because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. 
So if I'm listening to this show, I'm like, okay, Kieran, Kim, what do you want me to do? Let me give them two clear things that I think you actually have to learn in terms of skills. I think one of it is the automation. I think everyone now is in some respects automating parts of their job. And that is a skill you have to learn. And so you have to understand what do I do on a day-to-day basis? How can I be much more efficient? And what are the things I can start to automate away to make me 10x at the things that will actually matter in the future. For every role, that is very different, but I would really start thinking through that, right? If you are the one person in a year's time still doing your role in the same way, you are the one in the beginner's cohort and you are getting further and further away from the expert's cohort. The second one is like a really interesting one. Like you and I have been fortunate enough to have like EAs, Mm -hmm. right? That have worked for us. Executive assistants, people that help you automate parts of your life with human And there's a skill set to actually being able to work with an EA or an assistant or like, how do I actually get the best leverage from that person? What should I ask them to do? What should I ask them to take Mm -hmm. off me? How should I set up systems so they can do the thing? Delegation. Delegation. Now we all have an assistant. (laughs) Exactly. Like one of the most powerful assistants in the world. And we all have to learn how to work with that person to actually make our jobs much, much more efficient. And so I think the two things I would start to really think through is, wow, like in a year's time, what parts of my job should I not be doing? Should I actually have automated away for me and actually be concentrating on just a couple of things that truly matter in my role? And how do I work with this assistant? We did an AI hackathon this week. Some of the things the team were doing were just like so awesome. Get them to take all of the notes in the meeting and then follow up with a TLDR of my action points. Yeah. Like, these people who are doing that are going to be so much more efficient than the people who are still trying to do things that we used to do in the past. Well, and it's not just about efficiency. They're going to be more effective. They're going to be more effective. Because if you go back to one of your key points, Kieran, it's like what AI really does is it allows you to put as much time as possible on the inputs that matter. Exactly. Right? Because if you're not spending all this time doing manual follow-up and everything, you can say, oh, cool. Like I'm going to go learn this thing or I'm going to go execute on this part of the strategy that is like, if this gets right, everything else will fall into place, right? Right. I fundamentally believe you're going to supercharge your career with AI because you're going to get business results that you never thought possible through effectiveness that you never thought possible. Part of it's going to come through just enhancements to the customer experience. And a lot of that's going to come from the ability to focus on the things that matter and not get distracted by all of like the bullshit busy work. Right. So if I look at a two-circle Venn diagram, I think automation and assistant, and there's a big overlap because the yes. assistant is doing a bunch of the automation, but some of the stuff the assistant doing isn't automation. Like I'm using it for research. I'm using it for a bunch of things that is not traditional automation. But then in that circle, the Venn diagram in the middle is Prompton, right? And we should just talk about the evolution of Prompton. Please. Because Prompton is going through this crazy rapid evolution over the last like three months. It's crazy. So first of all, we started with, wow, like we have to ask- Hold on, explain to people what prompting is before you even get into it. So Prompton is how we ask the AI agent to do something for us. And it sounds really simple, but there's an art to prompting that we covered on Midjourney that now you can go to the image and you can ask it to describe the image so we can get the actual prompt and you can learn why that's how I actually should prompt to get a really great image. So we were given the tools and then we were just trying to figure out prompting ourselves. And I've been iterating on prompting a lot, even this week and seeing how powerful it is when you can get much, much better through iteration. So I'll give you a really good example. Coming back to that example I used on the problem I was trying to think about for Zapier. Hey, you either know how to do automation and you go straight in and do the automation, or you know that you should do automation, but you don't know where to get started. And I was prompting the AI bot to give me a specific onboarding doc personalized to an individual based upon their tech stack, but talk to them through like the job to be done. Mm -hmm. Hey, here's all the things you could do with lead generation. 
And here's the value of those things. And it could do that based upon a tech stack and some contextual data. I give it about a theoretical individual because what I was mm-hmm. trying to prove to myself is in the future, I can actually give everyone a personalized yes. onboarding guide. Segments of one, segments of one, it baby. It took me four five prompts to get like something good, right? So there's an iteration of being able to figure out how to prompt. Then we are going into a world of templatized prompting. So there's this killer product called PromptStorm. You start, you go to your chat GPT. So this is like a Chrome plugin, Kieran. It's a Chrome plugin. Uh And then you can select the category of prompts that you want. I'm going to go code in because I would always have loved to be a coder, but I'm too dumb. (laughs) And I go, I'm going to create something that's going to be cool. And then I'm going to select a prompt and I can just start to go in here and say, create code for me. And then I can actually go in here. You see here, it's already started creating the prompt. (laughs) I will explain the code and it will insert that into the actual templatized prompt. That's sick. That's this. So this is like, think of all the B2B companies. We did a whole episode on billion dollar growth strategies. One of them were templates. Well, like you can actually rebuild that through prompts, right? Like you can just mm-hmm. have templatized prompts and rebuild all those templates. And the third one, because you and I have been going back and forth in this. Are you an investor in Prompt Storm yet, Karen? I'm not investing in Prompt Storm, <laughs> but watch this space. Deal flow. <laughs> Deal flow. You know, I'm always looking for that deal flow. If anyone yeah, has hey, prompt storm. Kieran's open for, we're open for business. I'm open for business. Um, do we want to get into real quick auto GPTs? Real quick auto GPT. Yeah, we're going to do a full episode. This is, this is a, it's a little teasy tease on the auto GPT. Right. So we went manual, templatized, and now we have GPT-4 agents kind of strung together or integrated together mm-hmm. to pass on work to each other and they're able to store information. So the main features of AutoGBTs, they can assign tasks and goals, right? They can work on those things automatically. So you can just give it a kind of general goal to complete and it comes up with all of the prompts and tasks itself. And they are all chained together. So they start handing off work to each other and they collaborate in these tasks. They have internet access. This is why we should do the episode because people yes. are saying, well, this is kind of like loose AGI because the GPTs are communicating with each other to actually do the actual work. And what's AGI, Kieran? AGI is artificial general intelligence. Is yeah, that right? Where, where computers yeah. can really act like humans. <laughs> yeah. And so, and then they have memory. Yes. They can store all this stuff and have memory. The three fastest growing repos in GitHub, so the three most popular things in GitHub right now are all auto GPTs, auto GPT plugins. And so just to say, prompting is going to be really important, but we are seeing this evolution from like, we were doing the prompts to we can templatize the prompts to the GPT is going to start to prompt itself. But I think prompting is a skill and an art that we will need to learn to do the automation and to do the assistant. Yeah. If you are thinking about specific skill developments in your career right now, prompting, which Kieran, I think just gave a sick overview of like go download prompt storm, use some of those things. Like that's going to be awesome. Prompting, testing and testing alongside iterating on your strategies, whether it be I'm going to flip out my homepage images with AI and mid journey and the back end to like constantly optimize things like that are going to become way more important. And then the third part is data. Like you just heard from Kieran, when you were talking about that onboarding prompt, you're like, I gave it the data around these use cases exactly that you did. And so if you don't have the data to prompt and fuel, you're not going to be anywhere. So your ability to get data access, analyze data and make that data simple and accessible for AI is going to be huge. So those are three huge and important skills in an AI world. 
Yeah, I have one more thing that I think that's very tactical. I wonder if you're doing this yet, Kip, and within HubSpot is one of the things to do is like map out customer journey. Yeah. And then look at customer journey to say where someone gets a concierge experience, which like it's very personalized to them and where there's like a real one-to-many experience because like SaaS, SMB to upmarket, most of it is like one-to-many. And then there's these little pockets where you try to like mm-hmm. segment to the large companies, give a concierge. And I think I talked a little bit about this. And so the thing I would really do is like, okay, how do I give everyone from one to many to concierge, right? Like in the email, yeah. how do I start to give people the concierge, which is very personalized. You can actually ingest data from the content record to the main level and have AI create like a really one-to-one type email. Yeah, You can start to do this through chat. I know you're doing that in HubSpot. And so that's one way to get really tactical as a marketer is how do I actually up-level my go-to-market so it feels much more like a everyone's getting the white glove treatment? And how do I actually start to think about how AI can help me do that? I love that example. All right. In the last couple of minutes, I want to try to hit a couple of really quick hits, Karen. My first quick hit is, what do you think the three marketing jobs most transformed by AI are going to be and the three marketing jobs least transformed by AI? So for example, like on the least transformed side, like I think event marketing is not going to be that transformed by AI because it's so kind of one to few. It is very personal. There needs to be a lot of human interaction there. Like what's your take on I think AI is going to disrupt content creation. It's going to disrupt marketing automation. Same. And it's going to disrupt conversion rate optimization a ton. Same. It's going to disrupt less event marketing, product marketing, and like brand positioning, which are more like human-led things. Do you agree? Yeah, agree. All of them. The only one I might put in disrupts less is community building. Oh, yeah. Like anything that has a lot of... Uh, yeah. Community is one of the differentiated skills you can have in the AI world that isn't AI. 100%. Kieran and I keep joking about maybe we should just make an AI community for marketers. I'm not joking about it. Maybe you think <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Not. I'm not joking. <laughs> joke, joke is what we do before we actually go and build something. Yeah, we should do We're it. We're teasing between each other on WhatsApp whether we should do that or not. I think we probably should. Okay, last 60 seconds. The generation right now graduating college who got completely screwed with COVID and got to have no fun in college, are they screwed in the job market? Is AI going to take all these entry-level jobs? What do you think, Karen? I think that you and I believe different things, so go. Yeah, I think the bull case is that entry-level jobs don't exist, but actually people straight out of college through AI and learning AI can actually pull themselves up to do the roles that were above that because you can learn much more rapidly those skills. And so it actually commoditizes a lot of like the middle layer of jobs and commoditizes those because everyone can start to do them much more rapidly. In that case, that's the bull case for like the graduates. It's a bear case for everyone who has learned those skills and gets dragged down. That's very deflationary for them. I think if you're watching this, it's harder to be a mid-career marketer right now. Right. Because you've learned a lot of skills that are going to get commoditized with AI. And that's why you need to invest into AI to differentiate your career and your skills long-term. I think there's two cases if you're a recent college graduate. I think the problem is if you are looking just at the traditional entry-level roles, I think a lot of those are going to go away because AI is going to take those away. So I think your only option is to do exactly what Kieran just said, is use AI to operate like a mid-career marketer so that you can execute and do great kind of higher-level marketing work and you don't need those entry-level roles to kind of like cut your teeth and learn those skills, right? Right, yeah, I think that's right. Okay. All I know is that if you want to transform your life and your career and you love marketing, find a niche in AI, create on that niche, build on that niche, and you are going to transform your life. Yeah. Kieran, I think you and I believe that with 100% confidence, right? 
be the person that people go to to know that thing. Like that's the thing you want to yes. like. Oh, like I, I need I need to know that. I need, oh, this is the person. This is the person. When you're that person, everything else becomes much easier. I, I completely agree. With that, hit us up in the comments if we should talk more about this. If there are topics on the career and skill building side on AI, let us know. But until next time, it's been fun, guys. It's been marketing against the grain. We'll see you real soon.